There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out. I for the faster way. Are you Tony's stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. A show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo. We've got Robbie in the house. We've got Peaches in the house. We've got Soundlord, Soundlord in the house. And we've got Luigi, Soundlord in the house. What's going on, fellas? We have a lot of houses. Luigi Soundlord is Danny. If you're not like part of the greater assembly required <laughs> squad up universe, <laughs> Luigi Soundlord means Danny's here. Hi, Danny. Hello. Do we need hey. a wiki page for our complicated <laughs> backstories and inside? We joke? need a wiki page just for the jokes that we tell that we've mentioned in sometimes not even on the episode, and we end up telling them on the show. I've heard we're hard to follow for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> really? Have you? I have. Oh no. Hi, Mom. Love you. I know you listen to this one because Danny's on it. Ah. <laughs> hey, so we got to get a wiki page going for the fans, and then some other group of podcasters can do a podcast about us. Oh, yeah. My gosh. True. I'd listen to it. Man, we'd even guest on it. Unless they were mean to us, in which case we will destroy them. They'd probably just roast us for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on this podcast, and you're mean to me. Yeah, but that's different. So we know you. <laughs> I yeah, that's like. On- podcast under false pretenses like you can pick on your brother but other people can't pick on your brother that's that's the dynamic robbie is we can pick on you yeah you're my brother robican <laughs> oh okay you can pick on robbie and you can pick on robbie's nose <laughs> but you can't pick robbie's nose <laughs> so says you that's true you can't oh all right <laughs> never mind <laughs> uh oh chris yeah what'd you read this week have you, oh. have you caught up on some more uh i did some more lore some more uh backstory for us yes i finished reading house of m and that was interesting just uh reading through i read through the entire event all the tie-in comics and everything uh many of which i probably didn't need to read <laughs> but uh yeah, did you know there was a comic called Mutopia? Like no. the fruit drink? <laughs> yes, but with mutants. <laughs> Mutopia, isn't that milk drink? <laughs> I guess so, yes. Yeah, there's Fruitopia and Mutopia. <laughs> and then there's Gootopia. Yeah, but no, but that was interesting, and it was... Uh... I just want to say, in regards to Gootopia, I say Bootopia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, you showed Gootopia. <laughs> <laughs> they won't darken your doorstep again. <laughs> but yeah, so so Red House of M. Uh, the important thing that everyone wants to hear about, of course, is is the the surprise ending, which is really, I think, not quite the ending. It happens in the penultimate issue, where Wanda realizes that this happy world that she's created is not as happy as she wanted it to be. All the heroes who have gotten the memories back assume that Magneto put her up to it. It turns out that her brother Pietro did. So she doesn't like that Magneto has created this world where mutants are supreme. She says that he's been a bad father because he's so obsessed with his goal of mutant supremacy. And so then she, of course, utters the immortal words, Daddy, 
No more mutants. The world turns white. We go back to the real world where everything is restored, but mutants all across the world have lost their powers to the point where there are only a few hundred mutants left when there were tens of thousands before that. And that, of course, had far-reaching ramifications for the Marvel Universe. Nothing will ever be the same again, as they always say after all these events. Uh, so that was that was uh, House of M, which I still keep almost calling Other M. My main takeaway from that is that you made me think of the phrase Magneto Supreme. <laughs> that's, oh yeah, that's a Magneto with sour cream and tomatoes. Sour cream and tomatoes, yeah. yeah. In a uh, big Chalupa show. <laughs> Magneto Supreme. Limited time at Taco Bell. Yo, he got that Mango Sentinel. <laughs> But yeah, but then I also read Tom King's The Vision from 2016, which is a 12-issue series. I strongly recommend you read it. My initial reaction when I finished was that it was one of the best comics I've ever read. It's that good. Uh, It made me feel a lot of emotions. I don't want to get actually too much into the plot. I will speak very broadly. If you're not familiar with this, The Vision, uh, a lot of people call it The Visions because... The storyline of that is Vision has been named the Avengers envoy to Washington, D.C. Vision also wants to live a more human life, so he builds himself a synthesoid family. Uh, his wife, Virginia, and his twin teen children, uh, Vin and Viv, a son and a daughter. And they move into a house in Arlington, Virginia, and it's all about their happy suburban life. And it very quickly becomes not a happy suburban life because in the very first issue, while Vision is away, the Grim Reaper, Eric Williams, who we have talked about more on this show than I ever anticipated, shows up screaming, you're not real, you're not real. And Virginia, Vision's wife, takes a cookie sheet that she had borrowed from a neighbor and beats him to death and buries him in the backyard. She beats death to death? Yes, she beats death to death. With a cookie sheet. Yeah, with a cookie sheet. Uh, buries him and doesn't tell vision about it and then uh now i understand uh, i don't think we talked about this on the show because it's something we noticed after we had already recorded it but in the second episode in the bewitched opening scene or the the opening credits if you freeze frame at one point when it's transitioning from while vision is phasing from his closet down to the kitchen if you pause the screen there you see the Grim Reaper's helmet buried in the floorboards. So Ooh. I think it's so that's a reference to him being buried in the backyard, I think, because it's like there next to a bone or something. Uh, later in the uh, comic, uh, a dog wanders into the backyard, starts digging, and finds the Grim Reaper's body, and then accidentally electrocutes himself to death on the Grim Reaper's scythe that he has on his arm. Vision finds the dog... Finds the body of the Grim Reaper, which is how he finds out that this has happened. And in a very disturbing sequence, takes the brain out of the dog and uses its brain patterns to create a robot dog named Sparky. Hmm. Yeah. So as soon as they got the dog in today's episode, in, in the episode this week, I was like, they're going to name it Sparky. And then they did. And it made me happy. There are a couple other interesting things. So it's mostly about Vision and his family, but you can't tell a story. You can't tell a story about Vision... Uh, and him trying to have a family without talking about his past with the Scarlet Witch. So, of course, she and all the other Avengers show up 
at some point at, at a point in the story that's very important we we get a lot of backstory about their relationship we find out a lot of interesting things agatha harkness makes a very important appearance and uh, there is a very important flower bush that they have in the house and sparky eats a uh, a flower from this bush and later in that scene dies not from eating the flower uh so the uh the bush it's it's from wondagore which is i believe the place where wanda and pietro were raised by bova the talking cow lady and yeah, as as we learn from agatha harkness in this uh, there is a legend that if you eat the petals of the of the of the mystery bush from wundagore you get a vision of the future and tourists would always buy these knockoff flowers and try to eat them at the airport and wanda and agatha would laugh at them because one they were fake two they know the truth that to actually have a vision of the future the flower has to be eaten twice once after hunger and once after murder so it has to be eaten by someone the person has to be murdered and then you have to eat the flower that they ate and that's how you get a vision of the future because witchcraft uh so very important scene happens as a result of this dog eating the flower uh so i thought of that as well when sparky died after eating the azalea bushes i it i don't think it's going to have the same significance that it did in the vision comic but it definitely felt like an intentional choice to have the dog die after eating from a flower bush uh just as a nod but i highly recommend there's a lot i didn't tell you about this comic because i actually it's a, it's a more recent comic it's it reminded me a lot of wandavision not in the sense it's not like a sitcom takeoff or anything there are a couple moments that are but it's not like specifically aping any particular sitcom uh but it's a 12 issue story with maybe three fights throughout the entire thing if that and one of them is literally just someone getting beat to death with a uh, cookie sheet. Um, but it's very well written. It's a, a quieter story in a lot of ways, examining their family life. And uh, if if there's if you you know check your local library, check at Comicsology, Marvel Unlimited, Marvel app, check your local comic book shop. It's collected as well. Um, definitely worth a read. I, I really, I, I read the whole thing in one night. Like that's how I, I was like absorbed in it. It was very good. Wow. So yeah, it gets a starred review from the Sound Lord. Very eerily similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they're definitely mm-hmm. uh, and everyone's talked about House of M as an inspiration for this, but definitely the creators of the show read through the vision and took a lot of elements from it not not one-to-one just like they haven't done any any of them one-to-one references but it's very much an inspiration to the show you can tell hey danny what up so since it's your first time uh while we're talking about wandavision on the show i don't know why i said it in such a weird way <laughs> since it's your first time being on the wandavision part of the show uh what what have you thought about the show so far now that we're uh five episodes in uh i've been enjoying it for sure um I really was enjoying the first three episodes, um, just like strictly in the like sitcom trappings, not really connecting to the greater MCU at this point. Um, of course, episode four was all that, and I thought that was also very well done. But um, I don't know, it's it very cool seeing. Um, it reminds me more of like how in the comics where you get, I feel like there's more playing with the format where you'll have like 
spin-off series what ifs and stuff which obviously they're doing a whole what if cartoon series but having like all right we're just gonna take two of these characters and stick them in sitcoms all right that's that's kind of wacky of course they're uh you know there's a greater mystery to it all it's not just yeah okay we're doing non-canon whatever sitcom they uh the mystery is part of the fun i think you have the weird like glitches if you want to call them that in the first few episodes where like okay something is definitely happening this is not a happy like suburban life there's greater forces at work here and you know uh now that we're getting into more of why that's happening i think it's it's pretty interesting but yeah i mean as a as a first show for the marvel cinematic universe it's uh you may have mentioned this before i don't remember uh just having it be about a tv show i think is pretty cool but uh it's 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 been pretty well done so far can i ask you guys a question do you think marvel the mcu in general has started to get more and more i don't the gatekeepy isn't the word but it feels like there is more and more homework that you need to do to enjoy the current marvel offering like i don't believe correct me if i'm wrong if you don't if you disagree i think you need to do some amount of homework to fully understand what's going on in wandavision even though we don't all fully understand it but there is a lot of references to older movies, to other properties, to other things. There's a lot of extra homework that goes into like WandaVision that I don't think some of the prior MCU properties did. We we are at a point now where we're so far into the MCU that it like um for someone who's just starting out, I don't know who this person is what rock they've been living under, but anybody who is just starting out watching the MCU there is a lot for them to catch up on because you could say this one, okay, well, watch uh, watch Infinity War, watch Endgame, and watch Civil War. But then in each of those movies, you can go, all right, well, you need to watch these to understand what's happening in this movie. And then you could just trace that basically all the way back. I think we... That's possible. Um, no, you I was just going to say, I think we have a bias that makes it kind of impossible to answer that question fairly because... Yeah, the, there's, yeah there's no way that we can say, yeah, I bet people could jump into it just fine. Although at the same time, that bias aside, I, I I have seen a few people that watch have watched WandaVision and have enjoyed it that I know don't really dive that deep. Like my aunt is one of those people. I think she's seen a good majority of the MCU, sure. um, but I don't think she like dives into it like we do. So I'm sure... There's a huge disconnect there, and there's there's enough elements in this show where I think even though it's a callback to something that happened because we remember the rest of the MCU or because we have this extended knowledge of what happens in the comics, stuff like the commercials in this, in this show are probably still enjoyable for people to watch just because they're like quirky and fun. Even though we sure. know, mm-hmm. oh, they were talking about Baron Strucker. Oh, they were talking about the bomb that Wanda set off in Lagos and ruined uh, half a building because of like, we know that if other people don't, I don't think it's a huge loss just because of the way it's formatted. Well, I think like, like the big reveal at the end of the episode, 
if you don't understand that you have you're like okay that's her brother and it's a different guy if you don't if you haven't done the homework to know that that is evan peters who plays quicksilver which is the fox version yeah that's not even character that the mcu did (laughs) that's not even homework from this universe you have to do (laughs) that's like you went in to take a calculus test and there's history (laughs) questions on it (laughs) hang on yeah yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right about the Quicksilver thing. Now that you say that, because I was I was not along with Peaches and everything he was saying. Because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, my parents are watching and enjoying WandaVision and have never seen the Avengers movies. So, uh, pro- yeah, probably that. I mean, they they watched all these sitcoms and they liked Twin Peaks and that sort of stuff. So that's probably that's probably how they're enjoying it. Um, they're certainly not getting a bunch of things that you that we are not getting uh and this gets back to something that i feel like we've brought up 27 times on this podcast now which is what are the people that haven't watched all this other stuff and are just now watching this big event feeling please write to the show and then they don't (laughs) exist so and the one that did exist was was angry about it um so i i feel like we'll never get our answer and you might be right uh, but i kind of agree with peaches except now that you bring it up, the end of this episode, yeah. absolutely, well, whatever. And as they continue like, to that's... sort of introduce things, they say a lot of references, like they just mention the Sokovia Accords. And like, if you don't know what the Sokovia Accords are, mm-hmm. how do you have the context to like understand what that, like, I think it makes me think of the last season of The Mandalorian and how I didn't watch any of the animated series. And every time they would drop a person or like this thing that was from the animated series and they'd be like, Oh, it's grand Admiral Thrawn. And I'd be like, I don't know who this is. Point of order. I point of order. Grand Admiral Thrawn has existed long before the animated series. And the contained. point though, is that he didn't know about that character ahead of time. So Some people just you, don't appreciate no, art the way you do. Eduardo's, I am not yeah. arguing with Eduardo's point. I That's how little I know about the character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Robbie, I, I can't, we should just start a Thrawn podcast. <laughs> Yes, there needs to be a Grand Admiral Thrawn podcast because I am so sick of people saying he's that if guy you guys from Rebels. Don't call My... it a podcast, you failed. <laughs> My sort of related offshoot, though, Eduardo, is that I think maybe, maybe if you're watching this and you haven't watched the greater MCU, it's fine. I am starting to think, though, that this series is much more, and I'm sorry if I trigger everybody by saying this, but the more we get into this, it feels a lot more now like a nine episode movie than an episodic sitcom because if you jump into this episode that we're about to talk about i think there's going to be so much that you have no idea what's going on whereas like how i met your mother the plot is so paper thin that you can jump in at any point and someone will just be like hey who's ted dating now it's that it's that chick right there he's dating her (laughs) it's stella robin for the seventh time (laughs) yeah it's robin for yeah it's robin time number three oh okay cool thank you I know you're talking about me, but I'm just going to say that this is still doing a good job of being discrete episodes with a larger story. Uh, each episode is a self-contained story sure. within the larger narrative. So, but yeah, but it's not. I think it's getting not harder like drop though. in, drop out like you can with with yeah. old sitcoms, which is sure. different. Yeah, I don't. Um, I just wonder as I watch this show if anybody is experiencing that. Cause I remember experiencing that with uh, Mandalorian and people would be talking about how certain episodes were their favorite episodes. And I'd be like, I don't see what you guys see. And maybe it's because the references hit different and things like that. 
So mm-hmm. I wonder if there are other people like that. I don't think a single one of those people, probably unless one of our parents listens to this show. So that doesn't matter too much to our listener base, but it's an interesting thought point to think about people who are just kind of picking the show up and watching and how, how much more this is going to happen in these specific TV shows. Like are these TV shows geared for everyone or are they geared for the Marvel super fan or both? Imagine, imagine the future. If, if they really do keep going down this route of you have to have understood everything from the rest of the MCU to get what's happening here. Imagine in like 10 years when there's, you know, 20 years, of twice content. as many movies. Yeah. Sure. And then mm-hmm. you're like, all right, if you want to watch this moon Knight season three series, you're going to have to go back to 2008 and watch, Iron watch Man. Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting. And I yeah. think, and it's again, it's hard to say because we are people who've, gone deep into this movies uh, into these movies and this show uh i think they've done a decent job of explaining what you need to under what you need to know that that, with endgame they kind of threw out the window and said look this is our finale we're 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 going for it but but i feel like they have for the most part explained things now yeah if i were to give someone a you have to watch these movies before you watch wandavision I would say you need to watch Ultron, you need to watch Civil War, and you need to watch Infinity War and Endgame. You need to watch every movie Scarlet Witch is in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Every movie the Scarlet Witch and the Vision have been in. You gotta watch those. And that, but I think that if you were just to tune in and all you knew were these are superheroes, I think episode four does a good job of backing up and saying, wait a minute, Vision was dead. Wait a minute, she has reality warping powers. Wait a minute, uh, there are infinity stones. And you can just kind of wave off that you... Someone says infinity stone, you go, okay, that's a big, powerful rock. And you understand enough. And that's the mind stone is what's in his head. Oh, that's also how she got her powers. I think that having Jimmy and Darcy outside kind of commenting on everything gets you caught up a little bit there will be little things here and there that you don't get but not to the point where you're not understanding the show you just kind of go oh well i guess maybe we'll find out more about that later maybe that's from a movie but it's not a major plot point like with the references to captain marvel we'll see like how deep that goes I'm imagining somebody who has no knowledge of the MCU hearing Infinity Stones for the first time and just being like baffled at how many rocks that must be. How do I hold all these rocks? <laughs> well, let's dive into the episode today. We're going to be talking about episode five on a very special episode. That's the name of the episode. I Directed love the names the of these episodes lately. Uh, last couple yes, of weeks, these episode names are fantastic. Yeah. Directed by Matt Shackman and written by Peter Cameron and Mackenzie Dore. Uh, We've been getting a previously on WandaVision every episode, but this time it might be important to point out Wanda's words when she yeets Geraldine uh, change from she had to run home in the actual episode to she didn't belong here in the recap. I thought that was different too. I didn't go back and watch, but it's kind of uh, more sinister. That's fun too, because it's like, is that an intentional... Thing, or do they just use a different take 
It's like, is Wanda rewriting? I have come to think that every single thing on this show is intentional. Yeah. I can't wait till we get a previously on WandaVision and it'll be like Wanda staring at us through the camera <laughs> and saying like, you don't belong here. Why are you watching this? We yeah. it. If you don't remember, you don't deserve a recap. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that community episode that's a clip show, but it's all clips of episodes <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> I never saw that one. It's like, oh, remember the time we did this? And they treat it like it's just a regular episode of the show, but it's like, we never saw that before. That's funny. Now in a 1980s house, mostly reminiscent of the fine mahogany of family ties. The fine, <laughs> the fine mahogany. How many leather-bound books were there? <laughs> so many. Wanda and Vision are trying to get him. their new babies, Tommy and Billy, to go to sleep. The two Power Rangers. Wanda <laughs> attempts to use her powers to make them stop crying and fails. Uh, neighbor Agnes arrives to try and help them with the children. Vision balks in comical father nervousness at letting Agnes hold the kids. And Agnes responds by being t- uh, shaken out of character and asking Wanda, do you want me to take that again? Do you want me to... Is that what she says? You want me to take that again? You want me to hold the yeah. baby? Yeah, take it from the top. Yes. And... You, right, she tells her, you want me to hold right. the babies. And we got to talk about this right now, right? Okay, like just, yes. th- uh, uh-huh. what a weird moment, first of all, that all of a sudden we see Agnes as the actress who needs to take take the scene from the top because someone flooded their lines. But mm-hmm. what I was stri- stricken by was that Vision being nervous about the neighbor lady holding the babies felt very in line with what would happen in a sitcom. Yes. His, com- yeah. his nervousness, uh, uh, you called it comical nervousness, I think, where it's like, oh, and have you washed your hands? You know, better, better yet, just don't. And it's weird because that felt like the sitcom, and it's weird that that's what snapped her out of it. And it's mm-hmm. the first time we've seen them well, as and actors it's... and actresses as opposed to people. And it's almost like it was almost like Agnes, like this realization of Agnes or Wanda or whatever, that the natural sitcom thing happened, which was Vision's reaction. And then this realization of, wait, but then that makes me, it makes it hard for me to do what's important for whatever is going on, which is me holding these babies. Like, mm-hmm. which something's happening. I think, I think everything you just said is correct. And it's because it's all by design. I don't know what that design is. Yeah. She never I, gets to actually hold the babies either. No, she just jazzercises to rock her face. She she lavenders them. Mm. I just, I was, her her interaction initially made me think that her and Wanda have been in on it together the whole time. That's what I got out of this was, you want me to take it from the top? Like, like they're in on it together. To what degree? I don't know. But I like how after this, in in so many scenes of this, Agnes is drinking and I like how she's like befuddled by this line not working. And then she's like, I'm going to go get the dark liquor. It's for the kids. What kind of babysitter would I be if I drank on the job? And then she's immediately <laughs> drinking. <laughs> but also, why would she be getting the kids dark liquor? Calm them down. She wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like uh, Chris said, this was the first time we really see somebody respond to going off script like that. Instead of you know, like in the first episode uh mrs hart says stop it stop it and that's just kind of looping this is the first time you know that a character is reacting like that so it definitely it's setting up agnes which it has been this whole time as we've talked about 
it's it's Agatha, right? Um, yeah, so like, she, yeah, she knows what's going on. Uh, she's, I don't know if she and Wanda are in on it t- together, at least consciously on Wanda's part. Uh, but I feel like she's definitely doing something behind the scenes here. It's it's hard to just everything she's doing. She's witnesses Wanda using her powers, and no comment on that. <clears throat> if you think back to the talent show episode, people are really apprehensive when they're doing the tricks until it becomes obviously fake and they're like oh okay yeah that makes sense but now it's just like, oh the kids grow yeah that's fine we'll talk about all that stuff later but and she's we just very accepting like a true member of this podcast <laughs> oh i, I, talked, I, I about, homework. We talked about <laughs> agnes we talked about agnes clutching her purse too like maybe yeah. that's her coming in as backup like she could tell that wanda was like oh shit vision's gonna do some real stuff here like maybe that's the backup maybe it wasn't i'm gonna stop her maybe it was i'm gonna help her yeah, I have my theories about Agnes, which I'm sure we will. There will probably be more Agnes talk later, so I'll hold off on it for now. But I get no. This is the last I, Agnes conversation. Oh, for the I guarantee there will be more Agnes talk later because yeah. y'all thought surveillance storks were wild. Let's go. <laughs> uh, also, Paul Bettany does a really good job in uh, in this scene, uh, being really confused. <laughs> He's just been doing a really good job at being confused and giving like weird looks. Uh, like when um, she's like, "Oh, I heard that your kids were having a problem" or something like that, and he was like, "What? Like, how did you know that? Like, how? How would you know that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, how do you know this is happening?" Um, and him sort of catching on to these types of things. I, I don't know. I genuinely think, and I know we put it, probably put it later, but I'm going to talk about it now. I genuinely, because this is when I thought about it. I genuinely think Wanda, when she is in here, doesn't know what's happening. I think Wanda is also Wandaing herself. I think that as she is in this thing, she, because like, there are general looks of confusion from her when Vision's talking to her about a lot of this stuff. Like, she really, like, I don't know, maybe she's just acting really well, but it feels like, to me, the character really doesn't know what's going on. Like, like when she is part of this, she has, like, done it to herself, maybe to, like, stop her from feeling the grief that she feels over Vision. Who knows? But it feels like when she's in this world, she does not know what she's doing until something snaps her out of it, which is why she looks confused here when Agnes is like, do you want me to take it from the top? Because she looked genuinely confused when Agnes asked her that. It could just be she didn't know what yes. to say, but I, I I, feel like it's that she is literally also part of this thing that she's doing to herself. Because it's not fully hurt. Okay, sorry. Have you I'm, letting, heard... I'm letting it marinate more. <laughs> Have you heard of the Lotus Eaters? No, but I'm it's sure you've uh... heard of the White Lotus. That's true. Well, yeah. in Greek, I heard of the White Lotus for the first time the other day, too. I don't know what the White Lotus is. The Order of the White Lotus? I Uncle Iroh? Oh, uh, okay. I guess I, I think I'm ahead Chris, then. Yeah, you're very ahead, because I still only watched the first episode. Um, all right, so Lotus Eaters. In Greek mythology, there was an island where this plant called the Lotus grew, and whenever you ate it, it would put you into this sort of dreamlike state where you were just blissfully happy. Did you have and to eat it would... twice? No, you didn't have to eat it twice. Okay. That's uh, that's the Wundagorian oh, right, right. uh, magic flower. <laughs> the fruit's uh, so nice, you ate it twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, people would become so obsessed with the 
pleasure of this lotus that they ate, that they would abandon their families and their lives just to stay on this island uh, eating lotuses. And it's become sort of a trope in a lot of fiction. Uh, people call it the lotus eater machine, where you know, someone is trapped in like a dreamlike world and they don't want to leave it because they're so happy there. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. I believe Wanda when she says she doesn't know how this started. Mm-hmm. But I also think that she's here with Vision and she's happy. And for that reason, she doesn't want to leave. She's much happier in this fiction where Vision is alive and they're happily married with kids than she would be facing the real world, facing her grief. So that's going to be a big theme in this episode. Yeah. I'll leave it at that for now. Wanda tells Vision to let Agnes give it a try, and Agnes goes back into character while the laugh track returns. Vision is aware of and confused by what just happened, while Wanda pretends she doesn't know what he's talking about, further frustrating Vision. The crying stops, and suddenly Tommy and Billy are young boys who can walk and talk. Agnes takes this in stride. Um, actually, all different. I uh, I meant to mention this uh, during that whole. Can we take it from the top? the babies aren't crying at all yes that uh so that is completely stopped i don't know what that could mean um but i had noticed that on my rewatch uh and then as like when you said the laugh track comes back the babies start crying again uh, so it's just huh. a little interesting yeah it is interesting anyway yeah now they're five years old Happy the birthday. opening title sequence starts, nods to a few different sitcoms from the 80s. Robbie, what sitcoms are you talking about? Uh, let's see. So this episode of WandaVision is heavily family ties, um, but with also a lot of growing pains, uh, which is interesting to me because family ties and growing pains feel similar enough that I often get them mixed up in my head, like I conflate them. And I swear that I'm probably not alone, and they knew that, and they made an episode where they conflated family ties and mm-hmm. growing pains. Uh, that's not entirely fair, because growing pains is pretty vapid, and family ties is actually a fairly intelligent sitcom for a multi-camera sitcom from the 80s. Only one uh, of them had Alan Thicke, though. Was... <laughs> yes, only one of them had Alan Thicke. Three T's. Um... So, family ties, the opening of the family ties... Um... For those who have not seen it, Family Ties opened with that painting of the black and white family, uh, exactly like it does here. Um, but then Growing Pains had the uh, the pictures that would age. And I remember, and as I was watching this, and I don't know if you guys were doing this too, I'm watching, they're, they're showing Wanda Maximoff, and I'm wondering if those are actually pictures of young... Uh, yes. Um, I wonder that every time they showed... No, 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 yes, show... in, that's what I was doing. Oh, oh. I, every time they showed uh, children, can... the child version of TV characters, movie characters, I wonder if they go went back and got... Right. And they must have, because she looks so much like Mary-Kate and Ashley. <laughs> right. And then I'm sitting there thinking, wait, are they going to do this with Vision? <laughs> they did! <laughs> that is maybe my favorite thing that has happened on this show so far. That's number two underneath... Um, Jimmy Woo producing the card. You watch your tongue, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, quick question for this podcast. Does anyone on this podcast know who got their start on Growing Pains? Oh, uh, well, I do. Actor? Me too. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, 
so so yeah the the super sincere music um is definitely more family ties also the lyrics i'm not going to read them out but i did put them in the show notes if anyone wants to look at it the lyrics are actually fantastic Mm -hmm. um for the episode they just do a really good job in each of these episodes of making it seem like this is a self-contained sitcom that had seven seasons of 23 episodes apiece, and we established these characters, even though really we just see this one episode of this sitcom. It's really, there's a lot of care and devotion going into this. Uh, the very special episode thing, like this is called, is a trope from particularly the 80s and 90s. I know that all of you know that because I know you're all TGIF people, mm-hmm. and I feel like TGIF every other episode was a very special episode. Yes, but, Restaurant um, in Orlando. Uh, god i hate you (laughs) um but yeah and very special episodes dealt with death a lot uh so like this episode this is not only is it a trope that it is a very special episode this itself is a very special episode both in and in in the in show and the not uh, the first level show and the second level show, and I'm just the, hurting myself now. The super story. The um, story and the super story. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's actually, oh, that's the term that uh, Ted Danson used during the first season of The Good Place when he was the only one that knew what the twist was at the end. Right. He would talk to the directors about, what's what? how am I serving the super story here? <laughs> right. Um, I want to have those conversations with him because I have some thoughts about some scenes. But are you anyway. in, are you and Ted like like besties? Are you gonna bring him on? No, the show? he doesn't. He doesn't. Re- he doesn't return my text. Oh. Um. Yeah. So this might be a coincidence, but I think you guys are with me that nothing on this show is a coincidence. Family Ties had a little brother who was an annoying, just like like sitcoms have all the time, a new character. So they introduced a little brother, and one season he was born, and then the next season he was five. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just inexplicably grew up between seasons, <laughs> which I swear is being referenced by the kids growing That's up in this. A lot, a lot of sitcoms have done that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they picked this for the Family Ties episode specifically for that. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, that's that's kind of a common thing in sitcoms is that they have the baby and then the next season, guess what? They're a little bit older, so we could do stories that aren't just about diapers. Yes. Um, oh, speaking of the pictures in the opening, I another thing I thought was funny is that they have all these pictures for events that have never happened. Like, they never went to the aquarium with the kids. Uh-huh. Like, what's, what's happening Fish here? dressed up as uh, the Easter Bunny and Santa. <laughs> right. I, uh, yes, those are great. I also like the, the birthday cake that had candles for one, two, three, four, and five. <laughs> yeah. Since they had to go through every birthday all at once. Um, we talked about how great Paul Bettany was in this episode. I think we're going to talk about that more. One of the things I think is great is I swear to you, he is doing an impression of Stephen Keaton, uh, the father from um, Family Ties. Um, Agnes, something fantastic is that when Agnes walks in, the audience, the, the studio audience goes crazy, just like 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 with Kramer or, or the, yeah. the popular style. Whenever the favorite character up, comes in. Urkel. Yeah, Urkel's here. <laughs> Urkel and Fonzie show up and the audience cheers and decide, wait, these shows are about Urkel and Fonzie now. Yeah. So I guess future seasons of um, WandaVision are probably going to focus on Agnes. Well, we can only hope. Agnes Vision. Uh, <laughs> Ag- Agnes Vision. <laughs> um, yeah, there's the side. Hark Agnes hark. clones herself to having a cooler uh, cooler clone of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ag- something Ag- else I think was in and, and Soundlord and I talked about this off air. Uh, there are two shots, though, in this opening sequence that are 100% full house. Um, the running towards the camera at ground level in the park 
and then the camera zooming out from the picnic are like Those are... 100% from Full House. But there's not much else Full House in here, so I think that's interesting. Um, and I think while Full House started in the 80s, I think we'd associate it with more than 90s. I hope these aren't the only Full House references we get because I think they have to know that the main character of their show is played by the sister of maybe the two most famous sitcom actors ever. Uh, so I, if they're going to do Full House, I need them to lean into Full House on this show. Um, I don't even like Full House. It just has to happen. Yeah, it... uh, And I'm worried that the only real Full House references we're going to get are um, those shots in the opening. The next episode, they're going to uh, hear a ring at the doorbell at the very end, and it's going to be Mary-Kate and Ashley. Right, right. If she does one division um, and doesn't do, do Fuller House, I think we said this last week, but still, that would be hilarious. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it. Um, it just, it. I don't love 80s and 90s sitcoms. I think that was kind of the dark era for the quality of sitcoms. Uh, I did grow up with Family Ties. Um, like So now we've gotten to the point where I don't remember these shows because they were on Nick at Night. I remember these shows because my family was watching them when I'm old enough to have memories. Um, so Growing Pains and Family Ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily love them anymore. Um, and my my family was definitely more of like a Seinfeld and Frasier family, but this was a little before then. So that said, while I don't love those sitcoms, I think this was my favorite episode in terms of how it handled the sitcoms because... God, it was perfect. Like, abs- they just do the 80s sitcom absolutely perfectly. It's amazing. The and one thing I will end with... Sadness. Uh, yes. Aww. Right? Oh, my God. Oh, uh, We're going to talk about later, like, Wanda's sincere moral lesson speech with the kids. Like, <laughs> that's really actually kind of disturbing and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And one last thing. I will end my point with, some, with a perfect ending, as Soundlord pointed out. At one point in this episode, they say, sit, Sparky, sit, good dog. Just like uh, Family Ties would end with, sit, Ubu, sit, good dog. I loved it. So yeah, that's, I think I covered everything, but if you guys have anything else to uh, add. You got most of it. I mean, the the Family Ties, like, the painting of the people, like, that came straight from Family Ties. That was yeah. so good. I, and I definitely got the, uh, the growing, because I watched more Growing Pains than I did Family Ties, so... When they started showing the kids getting older and the parents' as kids getting older, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I, I know this. Uh, this speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And the, oh my goodness, the, the, the trope of the, the, like the shot from other episodes used in the, in the opening, yes. but we know that those other episodes don't exist. Yeah, like, oh God, it's so clever. Yeah. This show is so clever, guys. Do you know what I want to do, and I didn't do it when I rewatched, was I would like to take a stopwatch and time out how much of the this episode was spent in the sword facility, because this was a bit of a longer episode. I would like to know if it was still 22 minutes in Westview and everything else is what pushed I it over. I had the same thought, yeah. I'll let someone else do it, because someone else has surely had that thought. That's all I got. After the opening, we are back to the real world where Monica Rambeau is being tested by the medical team saying she felt Wanda's voice in her head while she was in Westview with a feeling of hopelessness keeping her under control. Her scans end up being... What kind uh, of scans are they doing? Does any... Like, I, I don't I didn't really know. I assume it's a CT scan. Medical. I thought it was CT yeah, too, CT but I thought a CT was much bigger. So, a couple things about that uh, that I thought were interesting. First, she talks about Wanda's voice in her head, uh, but then she also talks about how she had this feeling of grief. 
Was it Wanda's grief? Was it her own grief amplified? Was it a little bit of both? I don't know. Um, but also in that scene, first of all, shout out to Agent Jimmy Woo for introducing Darcy as Dr. Darcy Lewis after she was so rudely disrespected in the last episode. Uh, Jimmy Woo, feminist icon. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, the scans, the brain scans, whatever they were, washed out like it was just light in the camera, which I think is going to be very important because, as we know, among the superhero names that she has had in the comics are Photon and Spectrum. And what if being forcibly shoved through the fourth wall is what gives her the power that we, the spectrum, you know, like you see on the test patterns of a TV and they use the spectrum uh, and the spectrometer and all these other things and the news channel being called spectrum. I feel like we're really setting up for her to become spectrum. If not by the end of this series, then certainly in Captain Marvel. But, you know, that's light powers is what I'm getting at there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering if we're getting into uh, Monica's origin story here as well. Yeah. Or maybe she already has it, doesn't realize it, got it from Captain Marvel. I don't yeah. know. But... At a sword briefing, director Tyler Hayward explains the belief that Wanda is a terrorist holding the town hostage. Oh, the other thing about <laughs> that line is... Dick well, terrorist. Yeah. Dick terrorist. Well, the way it cuts over... I couldn't unhear like, that. I'll say it. Hayward's... Uh, and it, and she starts to say dick, but it cuts to him saying terrorist. So what you get is Hayward's a terrorist. It's not very subtle, but... No, you get Hayward's a dick terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Uh, so right right before that, uh, they're going over the uh, little briefing about Wanda and her uh, origins. And... Uh, her parents are apparently Irina and Oleg Maximov, which that is not Magneto Supreme. No, it's not. <laughs> Debunked. So, I mean, obviously, obviously, um, you know, when Wanda was introduced, Disney did not have the X-Men available. Uh, so can't have Eric mm-hmm. uh, as the father. I will say that in the comics, their parents have changed like three times. Yeah, oh, it's really? like first you thought their parents were uh, Le- uh, Miss Liberty and the Wizard, then you find out that actually they were they had Roma parents, and then you found out that actually the father was Magneto, and then later on they found out something else. So their parents have been retconned <laughs> a bunch. So also, the farther we go with making our Marvel stories be set in modern time, the harder it is to have a uh, an Auschwitz survivor still being a healthy spry yes. supervillain. it's a question i've often had about how because i th- i do think we will get magneto someday i don't think that they're going to retcon magneto into being wanda's father but i think we will get magneto someday mm-hmm. the question is how you do you think they'll retcon it they'll retcon it into magneto being wanda's daddy <laughs> there is a difference as we've established <laughs> um i I would not be surprised to see them go a different direction with Magneto eventually, where you have to find, and I can't remember if we've, because I know I've had this conversation recently, I can't remember if it's on the podcast or not. Uh, I could see him being a survivor of like apartheid or something, uh, where it's not the Holocaust, but it is a similar historical atrocity where you can kind of ascribe the same beliefs to him the same symbolism to his origin 
but you know, not having it be the Holocaust because that doesn't work out from a chronology standpoint. That's now like eighty years. Yeah. After that, in the in the film, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's we, yeah, because it's like twenty twenty five in the MCU right now. So, so you can't really have him be a Holocaust survivor unless you do the whole mutants age at a different rate too. By the way, right. which seems to be where the X Men reboot series was going because every movie was set ten years after the previous one and none of them got any <laughs> older. <laughs> And, and, but we still know by the end of Days of Future Past that it does turn into the actors from those movies. So between Dark Phoenix and five years later, we go from Fassbender to Ian McKellen. Right? <laughs> Which is a... They just saved all their aging over those decades. And Look, 1999 was years. rough for a lot of people. Like, ooh. <laughs> They were really worried about Y2K, and it really aged the hell out of them. Oh, crap, I did the thing with my chair again. I just dropped. (laughs) Oh, man. I used to do that all the time when we were in the office. Scared the pants off of me, dude. Oh, boy. That's Uh, why you work from home now. Yep. Don't have to wear pants. (laughs) This isn't the podcast for this, but they could always just have his roots be a more recent tragedy... um, genocide event and maybe have a more uh diverse magneto at the same time well but... have we talked about the rumors that they were looking at Giancarlo esposito for magneto okay i, saw I like it yeah yeah the, the rumor oh, that i, really I like it. oh my god the rumor that i heard was him for magneto and denzel washington for professor x oh bro <laughs> i would right how good would that be that would be really good how good would that uh-huh. be? And that, and that's because I say that you you go to like South Africa or something like that and have it be that. Right. Oh my god. Right. That's the right time period. And then they do a third retcon and make Quicksilver Denzel Washington's son. The guy from <laughs> Tenant. Yeah, the guy from Tenant from uh, Black Klansman. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Washington. Malcolm and Marie just came out. Yeah. With Zendaya. Uh, Oh my god, it's it's happening. <laughs> both, it, there we go. It's confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. John David Washington's the new yeah, We figured it out. <laughs> We're on to you, He ends up arguing with Jimmy Woo and Monica, who are both trying to defend Wanda as an Avenger who is not acting toward destruction. He also shows previously unreleased footage, which is the previously unreleased footage that uh Angela told us yeah. about last week mm-hmm. um, of Wanda storming Sword Headquarters. I'm sure at the time it was just yeah. a Shield building, but now it's Sword Headquarters to rescue Vision's corpse, which had been experimented on and separated into pieces. Mm-hmm. That's disturbing too. If you like, pause and look at that. And you've got an arm on one table, a head on another table, but it's still all connected. So they're just like these wires, like nerves connecting everything. Ugh. Sick. Back in Westview, Wanda finds Tommy and Billy hiding a stray dog they took into the house. Agnes brings over a doghouse, much to Vision's expectations, while the dog pokes at an electrical outlet and gets the name Sparky. What a fun name for a dog to almost murder himself and then succeed later (laughs) in the episode. Uh, Wanda creates a magic leash in front of Agnes. Technically, it was a magic collar. He does not react, but Vision is upset and asks Wanda wh- what she isn't telling him. I'm so- he like got really upset about huh? this, like really mm-hmm. upset. 
I mean, understandably, he's he's uh, I I I really like the lamp shading that's happening here, like Vision calling out the lamp shading. Like, I have my disguise on already because I feel like someone's going to come over conveniently right. timed yes. with the exact thing that we need today. Mm-hmm. And um, and also we. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I mean, I, I get it. Like he's been noticing the weirdness going on. And now Wanda, you know, av- after he's been going through all of the things that they agreed upon to, to stay disguised, she's like, Hey, let's just materialize a collar right in front of somebody that we think is just our neighbor, you know? Right. And that's not how I expected this to go. I didn't expect vision to be. And I know that we realized as of a couple episodes that that's, what might be happening but i did not expect vision to be the one that's realizing something's wrong here because i just assumed he's a puppet he has no control he has no and so it's really interesting watching it be vision yeah and uh, a couple things that i thought interesting when he comes down first of all he says good morning wife which is not a normal way to talk but that is how he talks in the vision comic he calls her wife all the time uh, Virginia, <laughs> not not Scarlet Witch, obviously. Uh, he's even dressed. I, I fill up the picture because this is how he's dressed in the comic, and this is what he's wearing at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> uh, the but also he's Stephen Keaton. What's that? He's Stephen Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> but he uh, says when he's having that conversation with Wanda, he says, "You and I are usually so much of the same mind, the same mind stone." Yeah. All right. <gasps> yeah. And it's interesting that he is getting further and further from it. It's like he's, as these general reboots have happened every night, uh, he's becoming more and more aware of what's going on. Uh, it's really interesting, and he's drifting further from her. And again, we still don't know how much how in control she is, but it's really interesting to watch him. And then later on, when he says he doesn't remember anything before Westview, which I mean, he doesn't remember the Avengers. He doesn't remember any of that. And they talked about his living will where he didn't want to be revived, apparently, because he didn't want to be used as a weapon. And director Hayward says that what Wanda's doing was against his will. But I think you could argue that the group that caught the first two words of it are sentient weapon and they're doing some kind of experiments on him. Might that have been against his will, too? And... I, don't, I don't feel like they they don't have good interests at heart. That oh, yeah, dude is... I... That dude is is very stereotypically. How, what did I write down in the notes? I I called him secretly evil, not secretly evil old white man. Yeah, yeah, he's very much. He, he, you know, he's definitely being set up as the bad guy. The way that he picks and chooses all the worst things about Wanda's history mm-hmm. uh, to paint her as the enemy, and then later on when the drone gets in there, clearly really shows his colors there, but. But yeah, I I, I, th- I still think that Wanda getting vision from Sword was protecting him. What I don't I don't think that she had selfish motivations there. Now maybe if she brought him back to life, maybe that's selfish. If he was brought back to life by some other force, why wouldn't she then want to have the happy life with him that they deserved? But but I think that she has his better interests in mind much more than Sword does. Now, whether she is doing going about that in the right way at all, that's certainly still up for debate and will become clearer over the last few episodes, I think. But 
But yeah, I don't think that it's fair to say that she was violating his wishes when clearly Sword was first. Yeah. Fair point. Back in Westview, Wanda finds Tommy and Billy hiding a stray dog they took into the house. Agnes brings over a doghouse, much to Vision's expectations. While the dog pokes at an electro outlet and gets named Sparky, Wanda creates a magic leash. I've already read all this. The parents tell the boy they can't have a dog until they're 10, and both boys magically age on You recognize the, spot. the kid from Hill House? The audience and Agnes. The kid from, uh, one, of the, one of the kids is uh, young Luke from The Haunting of Hill House. No way! Yeah. You don't recognize him with those glasses. No, it's true. It's like Clark Kent. And he's way older. Yeah. That too. The audience and Agnes simply respond with laughter. In the sword camp, Monica and Darcy attempt to uh, design a vehicle that can travel through CMBR, and Monica starts texting an aerospace engineer she knows who might be able to design such a vehicle. All right. So the your mind probably automatically travels to Riri Williams, right? Uh, <laughs> cast an iron heart. Uh, it's not a, you know, I was thinking, okay, so Reed Richards is the obvious. We think it's Reed Richards, right? But Riri Williams is also a good possibility. We know Ironheart has already been cast. The show isn't for another, like, year and a half. Could it be My Riri only issue is that, that she's probably 16 or 17 right now. Yeah. So she's still probably crazy smart. Is Reed Richards yeah, but an is aerospace he, is... engineer? Among other things. He, <laughs> yes, among yes, among other things. That's the right way to All right. He has multiple doctorates by the time he's twenty. Okay. He does design traditionally he does design the ship they take into space. And that's why so I pause as soon as she said it, I know an aerospace engineer, I we know that has to be important, right? It can't just be Monica is mentioning I I know someone. So it's got to be someone, and maybe all of us are missing who it is, uh, but I immediately paused it, started talking to my wife, like, who can this be? But yes, my first mind went, my first thought went to Reed Richards. Uh, and part of what I'm wondering is Monica's sitting there talking about all these things that this craft she wants to build has to be able to deflect and Cosmic survive. And I'm wondering if, <laughs> right, and I'm wondering if they're setting up for Reed is going to, de- to design this, this thing but it doesn't protect from CMBR. And that's why they keep talking about CMBR. It doesn't protect from CMBR well enough. And the... the Isn't the C stand for cosmic in that? Yes, Cosmic microwave background radiation. Yes. Cosmic rays. Oh, my God. I just... Yeah. <laughs> you gotta and change this, your pants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joke's on you. I wasn't wearing any. <laughs> this residual radiation from the Big Bang. Gotta clean up your <laughs> desk. <laughs> Stones. Sorry. <laughs> They're, uh, this craft he designs doesn't deflect it well enough. It gets through and it makes his wife disappear. So I'm wondering if that's where they're going. If they kept Reed Richards under wraps and didn't announce this beforehand and just shadow dropped it on this show, I'll shit my pants. So, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> said that there was a massive cameo coming that no one knows about, and people don't think that they mean Quicks. She means Quicksilver because everyone knew about Quicksilver. Yeah, that had because of the trade stuff, right? Right. Yeah. It could be a known MCU character that we we just didn't know is going to be here, or it could be exactly what you're saying. This is going to introduce Reed Richards, and we don't realize that, and it comes at the end. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That'd be yeah, fantastic. I guess that's probably what I should have said. <laughs> I didn't mean to wear my that'd be in a circle shirt today. That'd be four. <laughs> that would be fantastic. How cool would that yeah. be? Though? Also, with dream castings. Who do we want to play Reed Richards? John Krasinski. There's people no, have uh, t- people have talked about John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as them for so long that it's hard to think of anyone else at this point. It's one of those crazy fan castings that just stuck in the head. Although, as we established before this epi- uh, before we recorded, John Krasinski's already in the show, uh, playing Agent Jimmy Woo. <laughs> so I saw like a I saw like a betting some like betting thing where they for each of the four of them plus dr doom there were like odds of what hollywood quote i'm doing air quotes again i thought you said betting i was like oh you no betting (laughs) you went to the target and just walked around looked at the the kids betting section yeah and it was like oh they've got reed richards on this it's fantastic portion but there's like a whole list of every all four of them and dr doom and what the odds would be for that character to or that person to play. And John Krasinski was like number one. Emily Blunt was number one for Mm -hmm. Sue Storm. Um, Ewan McGregor was up there for Reed. Um, Andrew Andrew Garfield was on the list for Human Torch, as well as Zac Efron for Human Torch. Zac Efron was also on the list for The Thing. Uh, John Mm -hmm. Cena was on the list for The Thing. Oh, one here. John Krasinski at number one with uh, odds of 225. Second on mm-hmm. the list, John David Washington. Yep. Ah, he's gonna be Mr. Fantastic and, and Pietro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah, Nathan I don't know. Fillion? Nathan Fillion's on the list for uh, Ben Grimm. Okay, I could see that. We've been waiting for. So Although is, he, I mean, he could be Simon Williams too, though. But hold on, the best person on the list for Ben Grimm is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I mean, that would be appropriate. He actually turns into a rock. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He'd be really and pulling Andrew double Garfield. duty in a way that a lot of MCU and DC actors don't, though, to be playing two major heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Andrew Garfield as Human Torch thing introduces yet another hilarious potential layer of what we do with the multiverse here. Yeah. Well, the okay, Human Torch well, always has to already be another superhero or later become a different superhero. <laughs> Wait, or, or we go the opposite direction and these this multiverse spans even farther and when they re-signed Chris Evans, <laughs> right. they did not re-sign him to be Captain uh-huh. America. But instead, no, I've heard people say that. And some re-signed him. At least for a cameo in Spider-Man as the Human Torch. Right. And you get, and no, you get back... Somebody will have go some ahead. one-off line like, you look really familiar to me and I can't... <laughs> Yeah. Can't put my finger on why. I'm looking for a scene that we've got Killmonger and Captain America and one of the sp- one of the many Spider Men, too many Spider Mens, and then we've got the three Human Torches, all six of them together in one scene somehow, and it's absurd. Behind an oh, also Silver each other. Silver Surfer <laughs> might have been on this list too, and Keanu Reeves and Norman Reedus are on the list for Silver Surfer. I don't know how you feel about so that. They, sounds I, like. I I I feel very strongly about the Silver Surfer, and I don't really care for either of those. Love Keanu Reeves, don't see him as the Silver Surfer. Who would you want? I don't know who I want as Silver Surfer. If I'm being honest, the voice I hear when I read Silver Surfer comics is Paul Freese. <laughs> um, oh, uh, that's the voice I hear in my head. Uh, is like because he speaks kind of with authority, and and I imagine 
not like the sinister voice that he does in the haunted mansion but that more like his adventure through inner space voice if you've ever heard that i feel like robbie at least gets me on this one magnification exactly can i possibly survive um what about uh dr Dr. doom Doom. dr doom dreamcasting john david washington the 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 betting one also has it as the best bet is john carlos yeah oh interesting Casting Doctor Doom is you need to cast someone that will almost exclusively who will be fine with almost exclusively not having their face be seen. Yeah, um, and cow. that can be hard. It's all Doctor Doom is almost better done the way that Darth Vader was done, where the person inside is irrelevant and then you have a voice actor. Yeah. I like the list of the Vegas odds of these. I like most of them, but I, I, I like Robbie just said, I feel like most of them wouldn't be okay with just being a voice. Because you've got Giancarlo, Cillian Murphy is the next one that has the highest odds, who played Scarecrow in the Batman movies. Uh, Michael Fassbender's on there. That would be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Viggo Mortensen, you got you got Aragorn in there oh. as Doctor Doom. Okay. Oscar Isaac is on this list. That I would love for them to get an actual There's Eastern no European actor. I mean, just to, you know, yeah. for a little yeah. authenticity for Latveria. There's no way it's going to be Oscar Isaac because come on. Yeah, this, no. No. Yeah, he's, yeah. He wants that face. Well, well he's yeah. already like the rumor and he's Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz even the the writer confirmed that just like they did with She-Hulk. The, one like of the writers it. was like I can't believe I'm doing a Moon Knight show with Oscar Isaac. And I'm like I think what? my favorite <laughs> choice on this list is Nicolaj Coaster Waldo who played um Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. Mm. So he's okay. already got like a he's already got like a you know villain is like persona. I think he could do it. Um, I dig that. He's got experience having body parts that aren't his own. I guess Doctor Doom doesn't, but he's coated in armor, so I don't know. Yeah. Kind of weird. You've got experience loving someone. Yeah. Too. <laughs> um, anyway. Going back to Mister Fantastic, a name that I heard once, uh, and. It's one of those like cute pairings that people like like oh they've worked together before they should be them but I actually kind of really like this William Jackson Harper uh, who was Cheaty on the Good Place as Mister Fantastic and Kristen Bell as Sue Storm oh yeah Ooh. oh yeah I like that okay I love that version of Mister Fantastic like I love the idea of it not being like a super serious but more of like what we what a real nerd yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and good Mr. Fantastic is, yes, he's super serious, but it's almost like to a comedic way. Like, sure. the best Fantastic Four stuff I've ever read, like, Reed is like, I don't know, almost, uh, he is sort of a straight man. Like, he's not a comedy character, but he is played for comedy with how ridiculously important all this nonsense is to him. Yes. Uh, I will once again say that all of you need to watch The Venture Brothers, which does an incredible job of making fun of Mr. Fantastic. Can we just get the full Good Place cast? Can we get Manny Jacinto and <laughs> there we go. George and then, then Jamila <laughs> Jamil? <laughs> and Ted Danson is Dr. Doom! Ted Danson! Oh, I love it. Who's oh, Silver yeah. Surfer? More Sean? like Silver Fox. <laughs> Sean. Yeah, yeah. Mark, oh, Mark. Okay, Mark Evan Jackson is Silver Surfer. Actually, yes, because he does comedic seriousness so well. <laughs> I was thinking it'd be Darcy Carden. Oh, oh yeah, 
Janet, Janet I should have remembered Janet. She's my favorite character. Oh, she's now a good. I feel like a, a fraud. <laughs> well, she could be uh what's her name? The the blind artist that thing falls in love with. <laughs> All right, well let's get back to this not fantastic four. Yeah, not us. not the fast property be, people it, expected us to go on a on a on a long it, tangent about. It might be a fantastic four podcast. Soon? I think I think not you wrong. four are fantastic. So Aww. Aww. I think you're a thing. <laughs> oh, what a stuck up. <laughs> no, I'm leaving. No, you can you can be our Doctor Doom. Yeah. Oh, right great. now, which one of us is each member of the Fantastic Four? Um, yeah, Danny's assigning. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure I know because it's not because we already did. Well, the I know I'm not going to be Mister Fantastic if Danny's picking. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I'll I'll tell you at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, figure, figure it out. <laughs> Ooh, Listeners, everyone. hold him accountable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Monica tells Jimmy and Darcy the boys are real, and inside the hex, Wanda's able. Oh, did we talk about how the, how it's called the hex now? Oh, yeah. Yes, and how hexagonal shapes are actually important, and how Angela might be onto something when this guy's diplomas are all hexes uh-huh. in the background. That might actually yeah. be very, very significant. Hex- hexagons on it too, in his office. Maybe yes, he's the devil. Is, I think you were the first one to bring up that the hexagons might be hex magic, right? Might be a reference to hex magic. Uh, I think so. I think that was yeah, me. I brought it up as, uh, as the mind stone. I think you said the hex magic is like, Oh yeah. Cause I hadn't thought about that. And now here we are calling her spell area of effect. The hex. Mm-hmm. Stop what using D terms when you talk about this show. What if the multiverse goes even deeper, and it crosses over with Scooby Doo, <laughs> and they bring in the Hex Girls? Well, if it crosses over Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo has crossed over Supernatural, uh, which opens up a whole. We can bring in angels and devils now, which Mephisto. Ah. Hey, Batman was on Scooby Doo. That's true. Oh, there we go. Finally, the, the JLA Avengers crossover I've been wanting. I'm just waiting for y'all to get the degrees to get Josie and the Pussycats here. Um, well, uh, Betty and Veronica uh, recently had a crossover with um, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Or we could do Archie meets Punisher. Okay. So cool. we didn't have to Thank go that you. far. Huh. Darcy expresses that's more power than anyone knew she had. And Monica and Jimmy have an MCU fan style argument about how Wanda could have defeated Thanos herself and comparing her power level to Captain Marvel. Uh, Monica bristles at the mention of her mom's best friend, but doesn't explain why. I think while that's an important part of it, I don't think that's the important part here. I think the important part is when they are talking about Wanda's power and what they thought Wanda was capable yes. of and how what she is doing now is exponentially more than they knew she was mm-hmm. capable of. Yeah, I, so I agree. One, suddenly she gained a ton of power, or two, she's not the only one there doing this. Correct. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, uh, I've got to burst! Right. <laughs> I oh I just have so many questions about this scene. How do they right. did they watch Endgame too? They really know how well how that final battle went down. I know. But I love I feel like didn't we not have that exact conversation last week about uh well 
Oh, they both were powered by Infinity Stones. Wanda might be more powerful than Captain Marvel. Or they're about equal, at least. And We did. <laughs> yeah. If Wanda is projecting a sitcom, could Wanda have projected the Endgame battle <laughs> for someone in the world? <laughs> I have thought about this. I have a thought about this, by the way, that just occurred to me recently. So, yeah, we, we all kind of agree that Wanda could have killed Thanos, but his rain fire ended that. Um, so then why didn't she just go back to killing him after rain Captain Marvel ended the ship? That's true. I don't, like, we do later see him. She had to help her get across the field. She shoots a little beam at him to help Captain Marvel later. She could have just gone back to killing him yeah. anyway. Continue. Um... It wouldn't have been as satisfying, and that's we know that's the no, real reason. But uh, but yeah, it, but yeah that that whole conversation about the Infinity Stones connection to it, which one of them is more powerful? Uh, well, you know, it would have been if not for that. It, it's like these people are we are they, and they are we. I am he, you are we, and we are all together. Hive mind. Yeah. <clears throat> and and. Uh, also, uh, I guess I'll talk about this now because this is one of my points. Yes, Monica yes. did yeah, not. It's really all right. Then right I'm gonna talk about it. Monica did not react the way I expected when Jimmy brought up Captain Marvel. Her face got real serious. She kind of looked into the middle distance, and then she goes, "Well, we're not talking about her right now. We're talking about Wanda." She just like moved on from that, and I don't know if they know of her connection to Captain Marvel or not. Darcy says she's a big fan, but I feel like it's just because she's been watching her on TV for the past week. Um, but I I really want to know what's going on there. I feel like that, and I don't know if we're going to learn more about it on this show or if we're going to have to wait until Captain Marvel 2 to find out. Uh, but I want to know, did Auntie Carol not come to visit Monica, or not Monica, Maria, when Maria was dying of cancer? Because Nick Fury had to use his magic beeper to get her to come to Earth. We don't know if she's been to Earth in the interim or not but maybe she hasn't and what i want to know is maria's cancer how did maria get cancer did it have something to do with any of her sword adventures or was it because of an adventure that she had with maria in sometime in the past uh, is there some animosity there because of that this show is about a lot of things but one thing the show is definitely about is grief and how we process it in healthy and unhealthy ways and we see Monica almost seemed drawn into the hex when she first got there in episode four. And she even shows a willingness to go back despite all of the things that happened to her there and how it made her feel humiliated and in pain. And it was a very pointed choice, I thought, that as director Hayward is going through this, the clip he brings up on the screen is her in the super stereotypical 70s jive-talking black best friend trope. Uh, and, you know, that's... By by going through the, the decades here, we've also dealt with a lot of stereotypes, a lot of sexist stereotypes, a lot of racist stereotypes. It's, it's something that has been just under the surface of the show. They have not addressed it directly, probably won't because it's not really Marvel's mo to actually go in and make the subtext text like that uh, but it is definitely there and yet she still one she has some empathy for what wanda's going through i think because she felt that grief just as she is feeling her own grief 
and two, almost shows a willingness to go back in there. And yeah, she wants to have the super tank that Reed Richards is going to build for her to hopefully protect her. Uh, but maybe there's, going back to that Lotus Eater idea, was she maybe happier in there? Not uh, Siphoned away from her grief. And I don't know, I just want to, I'm just curious. I hope that's something that we explore a bit more uh, over the last few episodes of the show. Yeah, there there has to be a reason they're bringing in some of these characters that we know are going to be significant. We know Monica Rambeau is going to be significant. Uh, uh, I assume that whatever's going on with Evan Peters is going to be significant. It seems like it seems like WandaVision not only as a story of itself is a springboard for lots of other stories, and it also like. You could call Far From Home the beginning of Phase Four, I, I, I guess. Uh, maybe that's more of the end of uh, the end of Phase. They officially three. consider it the end of Phase Three. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know, right. so I then, reject that. It's the beginning of Phase Four. Keep going, Eduardo. You're right. <laughs> but this feels like the beginning of Phase Four, where they're creating all of these. Well, no, because it like directly ties into what I'm saying, where they're, they're where they're creating all of these like springboard points where they're going to branch off into other properties. Like this feels like they are planting tons and tons of seeds that they will then sprout as Phase Four goes on. Yeah, and the whole Monica having beef with Captain Marvel thing, I guess whatever whatever's happening there, uh, seems to be another one of those seeds that they are planting because we know Monica is going to be in Captain Marvel too. Now, uh, not that this changes anything you just said, but was Falcon and the Winter Soldier supposed to be the first one originally? Yeah. Yep. So yes, it makes it me was. wonder what they have in store. Yep. I still feel like that one's going to be like more of its own contained thing and not have a lot of implications outside of itself. But also, we had no idea that this was going to have more yeah. implications <laughs> outside of itself. So I'm going to eat those words in, this is going to be crazy, five weeks when we start Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. There's no only way. four episodes of WandaVision left, y'all. I'm so sad about that. I love this show. I'm so sad. Yes. <laughs> the trio goes to the lab and discover Monica's 70s style clothes are made of the Kevlar she wore into the hex, just rearranged by Wanda's powers. Wanda is rewriting reality, Monica says. At work, Vision is installing Commodore 64 computers with Norm making 80s-style computer sitcom jokes. Vision logs into the internet and finds an email from S.W.O.R.D. about the Maximoff anomaly, which everyone at work reads out loud, then starts laughing. (laughs) That was creepy. Vision touches Norm's head and wakes him up. Norm starts panicking about his family and yelling, she's in my head, asking Norm to make her stop before Vision puts him back in character. Exactly like Soundlord saw in the pamphlet. Right? I, I saw the future. <laughs> uh, Peach, Norm... This whole thing is Norm. is It's kind of crazy, right? Like, he really just, like, busts out of, of character and is just, like, it hurts so much. And that's the, that's the part that, like, really sticks with me is how they talk about how painful this all is because that doesn't sound fun yeah. at all. I'm going to go on for a minute here. So the, Norm is just the springboard. Also, I'm curious, did any before I start, did anybody go back and watch episode four and see if they did like disappear that blurb from his oh, file? No. I you know, Angela had it on before I watched this episode and I did not pay close attention there. 
Okay. I, I, I wanted to go back to blur- I did see that the blurb was on the, on it in this episode before we got to that scene. Yeah, that's still super interesting. I wonder if anyone's called that out and they've even noticed it. I mean, obviously we have, but yeah. I don't know if, if Feige is listening. Feige, why aren't you listening? Write us an email. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm going to start outside of this scene and work my way in um, because everything that happens in this episode including this moment and very much including this moment has put me much more on team. Wanda is being painted to look like the bad guy. This is a red herring situation. And I think we've had this back and forth with what Agnes's role in this is Agatha Harkness. Yes, but not yet confirmed what her role in this is, whether she's a good guy, whether she's a bad guy, whether she's a neutral party, whatever but wanda is definitely being painted to look like a bad guy there's no question about that she's got like some evil in her eyes when she confronts people later and uh just the tone of her voice and yeeting geraldine out of the universe whatever the worst thing really that she's done though if you think about it is she stole vision's corpse yes that is bad i guess that's bad but like how did she bring it back to life let's fast forward a little bit when they find Sparky, sad things happen. We don't actually know that the dog is is dead, by the way. It's just covered in a blanket. But the kids mention, just bring him back to life. And Wanda very adamantly says, I can't do that. And Agnes responds inquisitively. She is confused, maybe, that Wanda can't do that. She said, you, or she says, I'm sorry, you can do that. And Wanda says, no. I think she's telling the truth. I don't think Wanda can bring anything back to life. I don't really think that's in her power set. Maybe she could illusion something back to life. But the fact that Vision has a mind of its own makes me think that Wanda is not just pulling the strings on Vision. I'm starting to think that... And and here's my here's my surveillance stork theory. Y'all can make fun of me after this if you want to. If I end up being right... I'll only say I told you so once. I'm I'm starting more so to think that this is like a deal with the devil type situation. Wanda collected Vision's body. Mephisto, perhaps, or some other devilish entity, brought Vision back to life because Wanda can't do it. She doesn't have that ability. Brought Vision back to life with some contract, right? There's always a contract with the devil. And... Agnes has been planted in this town with her to make sure that Wanda's end of the bargain, whatever it might be, is upheld. Feels very much like Agnes is a double agent from the beginning of this episode when she's like, do you want me to take this from the top? They're in on it a little bit together. So maybe Agnes is playing both sides. But this scene that Eduardo just talked about that I skipped over for a second where Norm snaps out of Norm and he goes back to, um, they don't say his name in the scene. I don't remember it from the last episode, but he goes back to who he is, Abelosh. He goes back to his, his actual self. And when he says, she's in my head, don't you think it's super convenient that he just says she's the, we've talked about the Marvel callback so many times on this. And we've talked about how clever they are with dialogue all throughout the MCU, there's not like a single Marvel content piece of Marvel content since 20 before 2008, where they didn't cleverly hide some dialogue. 
And Norm knows Wanda. At the very least, he should know that that's Vision's wife. He saw her perform in the talent show. So if he was going to reference Wanda, he would say, Wanda's in my head. But he says, she's in my head. I don't think that's an accident. There's no other descriptors. And so that's that's what really makes me think that this is Agnes's doing. I, I, I think Wanda's not powerful enough to do all this on her own, right? Again, the sincerity at the end of the episode, when, right after the fight between Vision and Wanda, and Wanda says, do you really think that I'm, like something along the lines of, do you really think that I'm, I'm doing all this? Do you think I'm making sure everybody gets to their dentist appointments on time? I don't think she is. I think Agnes has a lot more to do with this uh, than Wanda does. I think Wanda, her deal is allowing her to live some happy life with Vision. And that's mostly the end of it. And I think that Agnes maybe is the one that has control over everybody in the town. And they're pinning it on Wanda either directly or subconsciously. The only person that says that it's Wanda is Monica. And Monica has been an outsider. She came from outside into the town, spent a very brief amount of time there compared to the rest of the residents of Westview, and then got yeeted out. Of course, she's going to think it's Wanda. Wanda yeeted her out. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm starting to get a little unraveled with my my theory here um, as far as the the organization of it is concerned. Um, But I'm really strongly call it a conspiracy, call it whatever you want. This is now what I believe. And we know Agnes is going to be important. It's Catherine freaking Han. Like mm-hmm. she's going to be important. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the episode where we learn all of this. Um, but she says devil too many times too. Let's add that back in there. She says devil too many times for him not to be a part of this story. <sighs> yeah. So Word vomit done. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that you compare it to the surveillance stork because unlike the surveillance stork, I'm pretty sure you're right. Like I'm okay. not like 100% confident you're right, but I am pretty sure. Let you're me right. real quick go back to the surveillance stork then in a comparison <laughs> to something. No, no, no. In just in a quick comparison to something in this episode, she couldn't magic that stork away, right? She also couldn't magic her children, quote unquote, finger quotes again, to go to sleep. Remember that parallel to uh, whichever story that Chris read where her children weren't really her children. They were horcruxes of Mephisto that were implanted inside Wanda. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're magic of a different power, and that's why Wanda can't control them. And I have two things to that, because again, I think you're onto something. (laughs) Uh, One is you're, you're saying that Wanda has some end of the bargain to hold up here. Yes. And one guess I have is explained by one line from another episode, which is for the children. Yeah. For the another children. thought I have is there's a weird moment that I think is probably somewhat, I don't know exactly how, but probably somewhat significant to everything you're saying, which is when the kids tell Wanda, you can bring things back from the dead. Agnes is shaken. Mm-hmm. And then when she doesn't do it, Agnes calms is relieved. So, what's that about? And I think like it, because if Wanda if, can bring things back from the dead, then maybe she doesn't need Agnes and Mef- Agatha and Mephisto for this. Who knows? Or I, 
what if she could bring I'm doing so many air quotes listeners what if she could bring Sparky back from the dead but that process is not of Wanda's magic what if the only way she could do it would be to say hey Mr. Mephisto could you bring this dog we just adopted back to life and he sure give me your marriage yeah sure Wanda here's another thing I need you to do for me one dog more and then is the mailman Mephisto could be it could be director Hayward. He's got all the hexes in his oh! office. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he's keeping watch on her through sword. Where I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit. because uh, okay. I, I, I know I, I sound crazy. No, I, I feel like I'm Lee Corsa here. It's a good theory. I like that theory. But uh, my only my only real <laughs> thing is fast, my uh, I, I'm not convinced that Agnes is bad. I yeah, think... either. No, no, uh, I think she's neutral. Yeah, I I feel like she... My my take on it, I'm starting to feel like she's there to protect Wanda. Protect Wanda from herself and protect Wanda from whatever other forces are at play here. And if I had to pick one person in the neighborhood as being the key to it all, I would Dottie. say it's the person that Ag- Agnes said was the key to it all, who was Dottie. Yeah. I Still not on the board, by the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the board, and she, she hasn't been in a, in a couple episodes though. That's the only thing that pushed me away from mentioning Dottie in this little yeah. rant that just went on is because I feel like if she was that important, she might have at least had a couple more cameos in the last two episodes. But she's been absent. Yeah. What are you saying, Danny? Um, I went and checked, and everything is the same in the previous episode. Okay. Oh, nice. On his, it George uh, Lucas. It. Look at you yeah. spot checking. Wow, Danny, oh, yeah. good job. I'm quick. Quick on the draw here. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my theory. Uh, if it's true, cool. If it's not, man, they're really making a fool out of me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're the fools for not going along with it. Yeah. They should let you write this show. They should. There you go. Maybe. I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. I'd rather just <laughs> guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wanda accidentally slips to Billy and Tommy that she made Vision go to work on a Saturday to distract him. She gives them a very 80s, very special 80s sitcom speech with light piano music about the value of siblings. Do you have a Yeah. Robbie. She, she can't control these children like she can control everyone else, right? Like it's, it's, that is a strange point. Yeah, and, and this kind of, I guess, just dovetails with everything Peach has just said. There's something Ooh. going on with kids town and i don't so i don't have a (laughs) i'm sorry too soon um and i don't necessarily have a theory on this because unlike my wife i don't always see what's coming ahead of time um i can pick up that something is important and then i just move on with my life and don't try and figure out why it's important uh, so maybe you guys will unravel this, but there's something absolutely going on with kids. So we have uh, Wanda getting upset with, why won't you do what I want? Which clearly she's used to everything in this town does what she wants, except for these kids. Um, and then in that same scene, we have Agnes going, kids, you can't control them no matter how hard you try. And then she drinks heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then later we have Vision is just about to get under control. She's just about got Vision to calm down and be the loving husband of the sitcom when he goes, wait, 
why aren't there any children? And then starts pointing outside at the empty playground. And the only two children in this neighborhood are children that she has no control over. There's no way that for the children didn't mean anything. Like something is going on. Something is going on with the lack of children. The fact that Wanda can't control children, can't control her own children. Something uh, has to do with children here. And I don't, I do not know what it is, but I, it just has to be significant. We have to, have to at ver the very least put a pin in it right here and bring it up later. None of you have anything. Okay. Uh, no, I, I already the, said my everything. I agree I've only with seen you. The first five episodes of the series, so I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that is now. Do, where, where do you think these kids came from? Like, I I don't believe that she's abducting children. Um, right. I know some people who I do think that. I think they're I don't wrong. Believe that. Um, I do think that, like, I mean, Monica even says, oh, they're real. And here they are. They're some sort of magical construct. Are they going to, are they going to keep growing? How old are they going to get? Are we going to get speed and Wiccan in this series? Interesting that they control their aging too. Yeah. Yeah. Strange they just turn a nod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, I note on what you just said, um, something I've thought about a couple times that I don't think I've brought up on the podcast is you're talking about Monica's just so, oh yeah, they're real. Something I like about this show so far is also that everyone is acting like people who lived in the Marvel Universe should act. Like none of them are like, oh my God, this woman is creating magical children. Like, can you imagine this magical children? Like they watched the half the universe get snapped out of existence and then come back five years later. Everyone should be able to take everything with a, yeah, okay, that's probably possible. Yeah. And I'm, happy that the people on this show like, do nothing it's is like weird anymore like working <laughs> it's like working where we all worked at one point sorry here's here it is again peach is making that outside of the podcast reference well, and then five of us. <laughs> yeah and then hearing about some shenanigans that have happened and we all go yeah, yeah. that tracks <laughs> yeah, yeah that tracks right when when they first find the television show being broadcast to the universe like yes they're all like, this is an important finding, but no one's like, that's impossible. There's no way that someone is, two Avengers made a television show out of radiation and broadcast to the universe. It was like, yeah, okay, that's important. That's weird, but we're going to just go roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. not to derail. I just thought that's, that's another no, thing. That, I think that is a great point. Yeah. The kidnap, I don't think Wanda's kidnapping people either, by the way. Let me throw that I out agree. there. I yeah, also yeah. do think it's weird, though, that they're like Vision points out that there are no children in the neighborhood. Where are they? Uh, yeah, yeah, because you got to think that there were kids in that town before she got there. There have to be. So that's what I'm wondering. Did she take control of Westview or did she create Westview and bring people into it? Because there is no Westview. There's an Eastview. Or but there is a Westview, though, because we saw the sign for it on the interstate. And everyone, everyone who is outside of that area knew about Westview and treated it like it was a normal place. And is it the forgetting spell or whatever that they did where, you know, one time they were changing the signs at Walt Disney world and they tried to replace the Epcot sign and they made it say, uh, instead of E P C O T, they made it say E C P O T. Oh, I, I so it was, Ekpot. it was Ekpot instead. Maybe some sign dude was like, 
hey, I have to put uh, something view on a sign. Can you, do you remember what direction it was? And they're like, ah, it's West view. No, oh, no, it was East view. You were thinking West view, uh. but it was East view. <laughs> well, it looks like the driver's licenses say West view, New Jersey. Oh, well, Danny's really getting oh. in the leads here. All right. Squash. <laughs> Tommy and or Billy ask her about her brother, and Wanda mentions Pietro and becomes sad. As she does, Sparky starts barking at the door, and she goes outside to see a drone made from 80s technology flown by Monica. Darcy points out the drone is out of frame on the broadcast as Wanda is controlling what people see. When Monica attempts to talk to Wanda, her eyes go red on the black and white stream. That was cool. Director Hayward. Yes, Robbie? My wife just held up a little note saying we forgot to point out that Kitty Foreman was obsessed with why don't you have kids yet. Continue. Mm, good point. Director Hayward tells Sword to take the shot and the drone fires a missile at Wanda before the stream goes static. Alarms blare, warning a breach from the hex, and Wanda walks out to confront the Sword camp such a good in her scene. Avengers outfit. Mm-hmm. with her accent back and Chuck's uh, destroyed drone at Hayward. She tells Sword this is their one warning. When Mona a- Monica asks what she wants, Wanda says, I want what I want and no one will ever take it from me again. With that word, she controls the minds of Sword's snipers and causes them to turn their weapons towards Hayward and walks back into the hex. Does that remind anyone of a scene from a different superhero movie, from a different superhero universe? Where- where they turn the guns on uh, on, the, on the Magneto? Yeah, someone with uh, metal powers did that. Yeah, yeah, Ian McKellen and Magneto did that in one of the X Men movies. I forget which one it was, but it was, it was the, first the first one. one. Yeah, uh, just just throwing that out there. I don't know if that means anything or not, but it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to make that connection. I love the way Wanda's theme played when she came out, and it was like super dramatic. It was just a really I love that scene a lot. Yeah, and she, boy, this scene is is terrifying. She's scary, like in a good way. Like, yes, mm-hmm. and the way her eyes glow on the black and white, like, oh, like that shouldn't be possible. <laughs> it's like she made it glow on the screen because she wanted to send the message. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh. Cut to commercial. <laughs> the same people from the previous ads are this time husband and wife. Showing off Lagos brand paper towels. For when you make a mess, you didn't need oh, to. Oh, that was... Like, They're getting on the... Kill a bunch of people in Lagos. Yeah. The, the sound design in this commercial was really weird. Like, it was very, like, wet and drippy. And, like, at the end, like, when they have the, like, the logo, you can just hear, like, a... This is, mm-hmm. like, interesting. I don't Wait, know. Is I didn't notice that. I, yeah. I could I couldn't take my eyes off of how red the like drink that they spilled was. I mean, it was like very clearly like blood. Yeah, blood on her hands, right? But mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah, if you rewatch, just listen to it because it's just it's very wet. A <laughs> better term. And this, I like that. I like that the guy was drinking beer out of a beer glass that basically no one used in the eighties because I'm a beer nerd. <laughs> I liked that this was the first time where it's very obvious what they're referencing because they literally talked about Lagos earlier in this episode. Yeah, that's true. They yeah. really wanted you to get what this was. 
Um, yeah, I wonder if this was supposed to be the moment that you realized it and then go back. Wait, were the other commercials significant? <laughs> Hang this on is, a second. This is Hi, for all man. the people. This is for the people we were talking about earlier who haven't followed the MCU uh, or or haven't followed as closely as people like we have. Uh, people like us. I don't really. Know. People like Never. we. <laughs> we. People like we. But I don't think people. Oh. They yeah. very quickly mentioned Lagos as like a she did something there, but like I don't think they would have made that connection. Because they they don't I think we make the connection because we know what Lagos is, but they very quickly are like, remember Lagos, remember this, and they like kind of like machine gun through a bunch of things she's done, and then they mention these paper towels. But like I think they could make the connection like, oh, I've heard Lagos before this during this episode, but making the connection of she did something really bad in Lagos and needed paper towels for it and made a mess. <laughs> I, well, I, I think it's there. It's. It's the least subtle, so I think you... I mean, some people won't because some people just watch things. Um, but I think that even people who haven't watched this stuff before, the, it's all there for them to make that connection if they if they want to, if, if, if they want to think that much about it. I, what I find interesting about the commercials is if Wanda... Going back to them, some people that are obviously not me, thinking Wanda is in complete control of this, why would Wanda's commercials for her own sitcom be like really deep seated, awful things that have happened to her in her past? Why wouldn't she just make the commercials literal commercials? You know, like she'd go out of her way to make this sitcom life appear for other people to watch. But then the commercials are, I killed a bunch of people in Lagos and I messed up. Um, I was abducted by a Hydra dude and he gave me mind powers I watched a bomb go off in front of my parents. Like, why are those the commercials? Uh, I think because this is born of her trauma and not actually having control over what she's doing. And that's probably the answer, but it, it also feels like that that could lead to another party being involved with this somehow because... Yeah. Yeah, if it's, if it's subconscious, then maybe it, that's all it is. Maybe that's how deep it goes. It's just subconscious, but... If it's uh, intentional, it feels weird to just air your grief in those ways. But anyway. Tommy, Billy, and Wanda go looking for a missing Sparky. They find him with Agnes, who tells them he died from eating azalea leaves. The boys try to age themselves up, and Wanda tells them they can't, and er and the urge to run away is painful. They tell her she can fix anything and to fix dead, which shakes Agnes. Danny, fuck them kids. Who are these kids? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, Like we said, they are definitely outside of Wanda's control. Uh, They don't seem to be from Westview, um, since there are no kids there. So I like, it's, it's, it's a good, uh, I'm, really looking forward to finding out where they come from um i it's hard to believe that they are actually wanda and vision's children uh even ignoring the logistics of all that and how that would happen i'd rather not get into that um especially since vision is uh, uh, dead i was gonna say dismembered and i did say it um anyway he's a robot we don't know if he was ever remembered (laughs) yeah um it's they they have powers 
they can age themselves um, at will. It looks like. So uh, I'm not super familiar with the comics, but like you said, Wiccan and Speed were her kids in the comics, right? So they short version of it is the kids disappeared, and then many years later, uh, two different kids named William and Thomas were born, became Wiccan and Speed, and then we found out that they were reincarnations of her children. That's that probably not going to happen in the show. No. Um, <laughs> but it's... Um, I got to think that, you know, pretty much all we've talked about, or stuff we've talked about earlier with For the Kid, or For the Children, and uh, it seems to be something about an outside force, whether that's Mephisto um, or somebody else. But I don't know. There, There's something fishy with these children. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, where that goes. Next episode um, in the future? I, I don't know. Like, are they going to, when this is all over, at some point the hex will go away, right, at the end of the show? Are the kids going to still be there? Are they just part of this whole thing? Are they tied to it? I, I don't know. It'll be, uh, it's, 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 it's. You better cut this part because I'm not saying anything right now. Um, um, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You want me to take it from the top? Yeah. Um, what a planned fumble! Good for you, Danny. Yes, thank you. Exactly. Fumble ruski. The fumble ruski. Anyway, uh, there is something going on here, and I again, I haven't seen the rest of the show, so I can't speak intelligently on it. I can't speak intelligently same oh don't sell yourself (laughs) short kid Uh, the kids are significant you're right i mean they've got to be right like there's something weird going on with them i don't think maybe i'm wrong but i don't think the kids in the stork are exactly the same but maybe peaches is right maybe they're all just they're surveillance i'm saying (laughs) i'm not saying they're surveillance kids i'm saying that i am i'm saying they're surveillance children (laughs) those (laughs) magics i'm saying those magics come from the same source that's what i'm saying and it's not wanda agreed yeah team surveillance stork (laughs) again as far as we know wanda doesn't use magic right she hexes yeah uh, dr strange uses magic wanda does something else as far as we know wanda uses mind mm-hmm. yeah there's no magic infinity stone but magic stone infinity stone there's a dance stone actually there's two dance stones what that was from howard the duck there was uh oh my God. the uh the ab- <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, ab- the abundant gauntlet i'll look it up i've brought it up on the show before but it I dr strange actually yeah, Doctor Strange explains what the stones are, and they are. Uh, here we go. It's compassion, laughter, dance, respect, and a second dance gem. <laughs> oh my god! It makes me think about. Um, it makes me think about when Daffy Duck became the Green Lantern. Yes. And he does the Green Lantern oath, but the Daffy Duck one. Hold on. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> where is it? Because it was on Duck Dodgers, right? Yes. Great show. This is underrated a- this show. Is wrong... 
Mm-hmm. Talk about the modern Duck Dodgers show. I mean, obviously the, the original Looney Tunes Duck Dodgers cartoons were great as well. Uh, but they made a show in like the 2000s that was very, very funny. Yep. Yeah, that's what they do. In Blackest Day, really funny. In Blackest Day or Brightest Night, Watermelon, Cantaloupe, Yada Yada, uh, Superstitious and Cowardly Lot with Liberty and Justice for All. <laughs> yada Yada, the best part. That just reminds me of the Batman musical in Batman Beyond. Do you remember that where Bruce goes to the Batman musical and the Batman and Stitcher sing about criminals are a superstitious cowardly lot. They fight in the fight, but they always get caught. <laughs> Incredible. As the closing music you'd expect from the end of a very special episode plays and Wanda and Vision reflect on the day's tragedy, Vision tells Wanda about what happened to Norm. Vision tries to confront her about what she's doing to the people of Westview when he tells her, you can't control me the way you do them. She responds, can't I? And Vision shuts down as the audience applauds and the credits roll. Vision snaps back and the credits continue rolling as he starts raising his voice and confronting Wanda over what's going on in Westview. Wanda says she doesn't know what he's talking about, but all of this is for the two of them and to let her handle it. She also says a really interesting thing where she's like, you've never talked to me like this. And like... Mm -hmm. It's like he's like because I don't even know who I am. Like I don't know what happened before Westview. Yeah, I think she says you've never talked to me like this before, and he says before what? Yeah, I don't remember mm-hmm. anything before Westview. This is maybe my favorite thing that's happened on the show so far. By the way, the argument happening yeah. is the credits roll, and then finally yeah. the credits just kind of like staticking out of existence. That was, and I said this yeah. to you guys. I said this to you guys that I, watching that gave me too many cooks vibes and like when too many cooks turns into a slasher film and i just kept it to myself because i thought that's a weird feeling that probably only i have and then i saw two other people on twitter say the exact same thing it's like oh okay yeah. okay yeah, and they <laughs> weren't alone either because that's the vibe i got mm-hmm. <laughs> did it's you guys fun. catch were, were any of those names significant were they no most no, of those names want... i think have been crew actual crew members of the one of wandavision that's what uh, I thought, and I, and I don't mean, I don't mean that those people would be insignificant. I meant like significant to right. like the comics right. universe or that sort of thing. Yeah. Like obviously, if they are part of the show, they are significant. Thank you for making this show. Yeah. <laughs> Wanda says she doesn't know how it started and insists she isn't controlling everyone. As she cries and Vision tries to appeal to her, the doorbell rings. When the two answer, the dramatic reveal is Pietro Maximoff, but played by Evan Peters from Fox's X-Men films, complete with audience cheers and applause over dramatic music. As Darcy says, did she recast Pietro? The dramatic, unsettling episode ends with laughter and light outro music. Who's the popsicle? So, there's, there's so much dissonance. Who's the popsicle? Pietro. Yeah. Hey, you long lost bro can't get, can't squeeze his sister to death or whatever it was he says. Yeah. All right, Chris. You know the internet is ablaze with the connection of the X-Men universe and the MCU universe and the, the two finally becoming one, but you think something different is happening. I Yes, I apologize. Here's my long rant. I wrote out a long rant in our show notes and I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's like a whole page. It is. It's a lot. <laughs> I went. I, I went a little crazy on this. I'll be back in uh, ten minutes. All right. Bye, Danny. Um, <laughs> my long lost bro. So, 
I don't think Evan Peters being here is as cut and dry as a lot of people are making it. The internet is very much like, all right, mutants. And I don't think it's that simple. I think it's going to, I hope it's not that simple. All right. So do I think that this could be Quicksilver pulled straight from the X-Men movies and dropped into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, pulled from one universe to another? I do think that is a possibility. Absolutely. Do I think that this is a merging of universes or how the MCU is going to get mutants? No, I do not. Uh, people have always... I have that later in my rant, I think. No, I'll, I'll just say it now. Uh, as soon as Disney bought Fox, everyone was like, oh, they're going to... The, the Disney bought Fox, then they announced Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And everyone said, oh, that's how we're going to get X-Men and Fantastic Four. They're going to use the multiverse. Well, they didn't use the multiverse to introduce Spider-Man. They just rebooted it. Why wouldn't they? So, going back here, uh, the existence of a parallel Pietro, if this is in fact what it is. PP. Yeah, a PP. Uh, <laughs> that implies parallels of other mutants probably exist in the MCU. There is, in the MCU somewhere, a Charles Xavier that we haven't met yet. There is a Wolverine that we haven't met yet. I, I just think, there, as we talked about earlier, there's maybe a Reed Richards we haven't met yet. Um, I, th uh, I think that they'll use the multiverse, and here I am using air quotes now. Uh, I think that is a boring and overly complicated answer to how will they integrate the Fox properties. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we, would just, we went on a 20-minute speculation fest about the Fantastic Four, and yeah, we talked about them using the multiverse for some fun jokes, but not using the multiverse to actually introduce the characters. Just having that be that, yeah, there's the multiverse, they're out there, but here is this universe's Fantastic Four. Here's where, how we're going to get to know them. Uh, I admit that X-Men is a little bit more complicated because that was a, for the most part, successful film series and a very long-running film series as well, going all the way back to 2000. And Dark Phoenix released, what, last year? That's a 20-year film franchise. That, that's, that's good. Yeah, it had its flops, like Dark Phoenix, like X-Men Origins, but it had some pretty successful movies as well so there's certainly much more public consciousness around these characters than there is around the fantastic four which had three movies two of which didn't do so well and one of which everybody hated uh i'll let you decide which ones were which i guess i don't know uh, <laughs> might they play with the multiverse aspect it certainly seems like they're doing this doing that with this Certainly sounds like they're going to be doing that with Spider-Man 3, Three Many Spider-Men. <laughs> um, but what I think is the secret to the MCU's success, and something that has been demonstrated throughout all five episodes of this particular show we are talking about right now, is that a top priority of everybody involved is the characters. Making them feel emotionally real, making them feel truly connected, and making us care. A movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, the only reason that movie is remembered so fondly, despite the absurd nature of the characters, is because of that they made us care about them. Um, they will want the Fox characters to fit as naturally into this universe as Spider-Man did when they finally introduced Peter Parker. That feels like a Peter Parker from the MCU, not let's just drop Spider-Man in, drag and drop. You know, that's why they didn't integrate, they didn't retcon Amazing Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield as being part of the MCU. 
they went and started fresh. And I think that's what they're going to want to do with uh, with the mutants. Uh, why why would you take characters that have existed in some form already and just plop them into the MCU? Do the work and make it feel organic. An example, and this is just speculation, whatever, is would you rather see them take Rogue from the X-Men movies and introduce that Rogue into the MCU? Or would you rather see a new take on Rogue, introduce her in, let's say, Captain Marvel 2, because, uh, you know, have her as a villain, maybe, have her get her powers from Captain Marvel, because that is what happened in the comics, first of all. What? What? Really? Yeah, Rogue, has, Rogue has Carol Danvers' powers. That's how she gets fly, like, that's right? She yeah, that's how she gets, like, her, like... I remember this from the animated series, where she, like, accidentally kills Captain Marvel. And what happens in that's the animated she, series? That's why she always has super strength, and she's always able to fly, and she can always do this. And she isn't just absorbing because she absorbed her so much that she ended up keeping her powers permanently and there is a long history between those characters so yeah so that's so more true to the comics but also it makes Robbie's her, mind is blown it also makes her instantly a very important character who is tied to our mcu now so much better than just like saying and because of the multiverse rogue is here again do the work create a new character you know, and and you could do that with any number of mutants. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, the, I've heard speculation about oh, Storm being in either Black Panther or maybe a Thor movie or something, because that would be interesting ways to integrate these characters into the MCU before we get an X Men movie. Robbie, are, are, do you have something to say? Because you look shocked. Okay, so I just assumed you were talking about Marvel. Um, no. Uh, it, it was when she was like, Miss Marvel, I believe. Is Carol Danvers as Miss Marvel on the X-Men, the animated series, and I have no memory of this? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at all these screenshots that have to be just made up on the internet recently. You're getting Mandela no effect, I bitch. You see, it's because the multiverse. <laughs> we all came from the universe where that happened that way. <laughs> Whoa. Right, Robbie, into the AR extended universe. Yeah. Uh point but i'm out for the rest of the episode because my mind <laughs> i'm so gone. sorry anyway so so this evan peters version of quicksilver wherever it's going it could be just a fun casting joke for people like us who get it um and the sitcom conceit makes that work they recast pietro i mean the second episode of this was bewitched which very famously had had two darrens played by uh, the the lead male had two actors playing him over the course of the series and they just rolled with it because that's what happens. I mean, recasting has happened in the MCU already. You look at Hulk and Rhodey. But here, they can... York? Sergeant? Sergeant York? Cha! Did yeah. you think we wouldn't notice? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and or this, it, either it's a fun casting gag or it really is going to turn out that that is Quicksilver from Days of Future Past. That would be fun, too. Whatever it is, I, I, I have faith and trust that it's going to be more clever than it is obvious. And I think a lot of people have gone to the obvious solution. And I think Marvel has proven time and time again to be smarter than that. The focus of this show still is Wanda and Vision. They are the heart and soul of the show. And I don't think they're going to hijack this into how can we get the X-Men universe integrated into the MCU by making this sitcom about Wanda and Vision. That being said, 
there is one way I will allow for this show to inter- integrate mutants. This is the only way I'll accept this. And I'm ready for Marvel to prove me wrong and do it in a different way. But I will accept a retcon that Wanda and Pietro, Aaron Taylor Johnson Pietro, had a latent mutant gene that experimentation with the Mind Stone activated and perhaps enhanced. Because why would the Mind Stone give one person super speed and another person weird magic powers? I don't know. The mind it actually makes a little bit more sense with uh, Wanda than it does for Pietro, since most of her powers are brain-based, but still not too much. And maybe Wanda's Mind Stone-based powers could somehow end up activating the, uh, um, the uh, this mutant gene around the world. Let's say that there are already some mutants out there, maybe enough to fill a small school in upstate New York. But now there's an explosion of uh, new of new mutants, and maybe we will actually get instead of no more mutants that we got in House of M, we'll get no more mutants. <laughs> and I said at least it's better than fish oil pills. And if you watch Agents of Shield, you know what I'm talking about. When some fish ate some terrigen dust, got turned into fish pills, fish oil pills, and then people around the world had their inhuman powers activated. That was in a season I was still watching, so I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I do remember that, yes. I love I Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that was a weird choice. I think anyway. The casting, choice, the casting choice makes this another, just another mystery for WandaVision. Like, we haven't gotten enough mysteries, and this is not me complaining. This is just me saying, just add another one, because why, why did they choose Evan Peters? We're gonna have to find out. I also appreciated the length of this episode. Yep. Uh-huh. The, the 40 minutes, which is really only 32 minutes because there's seven minutes of credits, or 33 minutes because there's seven minutes of credits, um, was a lot, I think, more enjoyable because it the first few episodes felt a little short, mm-hmm. and it, it was fun. It, it, it's, it's a problem that the show is so good that I want more. And so I just want to watch more episodes, and so I just enjoy that this one is a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more meaty. I want to say, Soundlord, that I actually very much appreciate that rant because it feels like everyone has just figured out they know exactly where this is coming with Quicksilver, and I find that to be stunningly arrogant because I'm pretty sure you're right that it's not cut and dry, and it has been annoying me how everyone is. Oh yeah, okay, now the X Men are here. Thank you. Yeah, I I just. I don't know, just people saying with such authority that, you know, Charles Xavier was his own eye. And that's clearly going to be important next time. I think, you know, there's people listening to this podcast that keep wondering, what the hell are the Zonai? Why do they keep referencing them? I think if, if anything, maybe they do bring his exact character over, but it's just him. You know, it's not, it's not everyone. It's just him because Wanda wished to have her brother back and boom, reality mixing. She said he's far away and the kids heard that. Maybe they have reality warping powers and they were able to pluck him out of the X-Men universe. Right. Again, I'm totally cool with that if that happens. I, I think it would be really fun if it turns out that, yes, this is actually Peter whatever from the X-Men movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, it's we'll me, Danny. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, th- they recast Danny? <laughs> hey, Danny. 
where do you uh, where do you think it's going to be going here in the future? I know you've said several times that you've only watched five episodes, so you need to catch up. <laughs> Uh, but where do you think it's heading here in the future? Uh, next episode's the 90s. Gotta be, right? <laughs> oh, we're really leaning into this bit. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. <sighs> well, like my brother just said. <laughs> this might be our first glimpse of the multiverse. <laughs> does sound like luigi sound lord <laughs> yeah but it's the super mario brothers super show version of luigi <laughs> the one that shoots the uh shoots the koopa troop <laughs> <laughs> uh, you heard of fire flowers <laughs> if it ain't the fox quicksilver who is this pietro did wanna man did want the manifest him were there other forces at work here it looks like we do have an Uncle Jesse character and some twins, so it's time to go full house next episode. We are going full house. <laughs> Something about the way you're I talking don't makes me want an Italian sub. I don't <laughs> imagine why. Uh, He's always sounded like this. What are you talking about? <laughs> Something uh, about the way Danny talks just makes me want to eat a sub, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, I'm looking forward to seeing how the MCU is going to expand over the course of Phase 4. That's my piece. I'm done. <laughs> hey, Robbie, top that. This episode made me super emotional and uncomfortable. Far beyond. Oh, they recast no Robbie too? Jeez. Vision yelling at Wanda and Wanda breaking down are really hard to watch. I'm honestly kind of confused. I feel like the line she's in my head from Norm means Wanda being in control is a red herring. And we'll find out some more information on that. Check out the enclosed instruction guide. That said, I remain terrified of Wanda. I'm really wondering if we're setting up the future of the MCU here, though. Is Quicksilver just here for a cheeky nod? Or is this the first of getting the mutants in the MCU? Is this is the aerospace engineer Reed Richards? And is CMBR the radiation that's going to make him stretchy and his wife disappear? Does he design the vehicle Monica has in mind, but it's not impervious enough? There seems to be a sense from some people, including people we know, that the Fantastic Four are boring. But if done well correctly, they are absolutely not boring, and Doctor Doom would be an absolute gold in the MCU. Also, I think the, the next episode is either Roseanne or Full House. We either we already had some Full House here, but not enough. You know what they say: all toasters toast toast. And Wanda called Vision a toaster in uh, the Vision comic book. You sounded like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> uh, there's no way they're doing Roseanne. No. I, I'm no going to tell you they are doing Roseanne because I've seen a screenshot. Well, one of the trailers, first trailers showed something yeah, that looked a lot like the Roseanne yeah. kitchen. Huh. Yikes. Wait, why is there no way they're doing Roseanne? I want to know. Just because of the, the woman connected? Well, yeah, Roseanne was kicked off her own show. Okay, so yeah. we'll do the Connors. <laughs> Connors, I guess. You're right, they haven't done Cosby show, so. All right, Peach. I'm not. Let, let's hear Listeners, it. I'm sorry. I'm still the same version of myself. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I was we not. Still, we still have Peach I was, Prime. I was not. <laughs> I was not recast. You know, I just every week I want more answers to the new questions that pop up, and like, you know, I want to know about this Pietro. I want to know what his significance is. I want to know if he even has Quicksilver's power set. Is he just a guy that they plucked out to? be her brother and he doesn't have any powers maybe hey here's your brother back you know the the other the store-bought version or the store brand whatever i don't know really though i just that theory i went on about earlier i just have to know what's going on with agnes i like i want to know what agnes's role in this is more than i really want to know anything else at this point so um that's mostly what I'm hoping to find out next week. It seems like with only four episodes to go um, and us still not really understanding Agnes that well at this point, I feel like we have to get an Agnes hyphen centric episode here soon. Um, so that's really what I want to know. What about you, Eduardo? You just said Eduardo in the notes. I'm Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Eduardo. I'm not. I, I, the reason I didn't put anything here is because I've only watched five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look, it's just I could write any number of things that we've talked about during this episode. I could write about Reed Richards. I could write about Pietro. I could write about what's going on with Vision. But, you know, I don't think any of the things that I would even think are going to do it justice because every time I give a prediction, it immediately gets de- debunked the next episode and I'm tired of being wrong. <laughs> and so <laughs> at least you never, you never brought up surveillance storks. So yeah, no, listen, I can't wait till you're wrong yeah. about that. I am going to rub that in your face. <laughs> I can't do <laughs> It's a surveillance stork. Uh, no, I think there's a lot of cool stuff happening here. I I'm, Honestly, if there's one thing I'm really interested about, it's the whole Reed Richards thing. If they bring in the Fantastic Four, that'd be crazy. Uh, because I think Doctor Doom... Because people have always talked about, like, what do you do after Thanos? Because Thanos is such a good villain. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have said Galactus, but I think Galactus might be a little too far. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... I think it's very difficult to do Galactus so well because of how, like, omnipotent and, like... Not, he's not omnipotent, but he's just this, like such a such a huge force that it'd be difficult to plug into the MCU. Whereas I could absolutely see them doing an MCU style Doctor Doom yes. and oh, it would work so really, much. really, yes. really well. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's the correct answer to where you go from here is mm-hmm. Doctor Doom. Where do we right. go from here? Oh look, Peach Doctor Doom. recast. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Um, well, from the emotional standpoint, I am just really interested to see what happens with Wanda and Vision's relationship now that Vision is really questioning things. Wanda doesn't seem to know exactly what's going on. And really, Monica's storyline is the next story that I'm really, really interested in from the, the character standpoint of where is it going. Because again, I think that grief is going to be what bonds them together. But as far as like the super story, as we've started calling it, my big question can just be summed up by the title of another popular 80s sitcom. Who's the boss? <laughs> Ratings. Peach, we'll start with you. What are you going to rate? Episode five of WandaVision. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think this is my favorite episode so far. It had a little bit of everything. It had the sitcom. It had the commercial again. It had the real world. 
So I gave this episode nine dick terrorists out of ten. <laughs> Chris, what did yeah. you rate? I actually thought, I, we didn't, I don't think we really talked about it, but it balanced the sitcom stuff and the outside stuff really, really well. So I'm very happy with how they pulled it off. And Eduardo's making a face because he was right. Um, so I gave it uh, nine out of X. Uh, I agree with both of you guys exactly on what you're saying of... Um... It balances everything so well. I had a little bit, little bit of everything. Easily the best episode. Uh, so I gave it 10 ironic Republican children out of 10. Well, 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 well. Turns out the one where they do the sitcom and the real world and they mix it in a little bit more evenly ends up being the best episode so far. I would say, though, well, that it wouldn't have been if they had started out like this. You had to have correct. the sitcom episodes followed by the interrupt this program episode for this to work i Listen i think here, it's Chris, if you're not <laughs> you're left this is what? first so <laughs> i give it nine recast brothers out of ten hey you gotta oh, add one more <laughs> danny what about eight you? and a half out of ten popsicles I think this is a really solid episode and I think it just makes me even more excited for next week so join us then as we talk all about WandaVision episode 6 that's going to do it for myself, for Chris, for Robbie, for Peaches if you want to email the show, send us an email over to assembly required cap not for Danny if you want to follow the show on Twitter, at assemblycast you can follow all of us individually, excuse me going to be gator sacks 2010 d underscore peaches phil kid 3 d lars 93 and abcd eduardo 1 that's going to do it for myself once again for chris robbie peaches and danny hey we love you 3000 <laughs> bye everybody excelsior hail hydra <laughs> bye Sit. Good dog.